The final Sabbath is about to begin by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. The previous blast was written with the intent of reaching out to those that falsely accused or blamed God for the things they have experienced in this world. It seems much of mankind has forgotten. We were sent out of the Garden of Eden, the beginning of God's kingdom on this earth, to dwell with the one rebelliously chosen by Adam and Eve over God. It is at the enemy's advice that they and their descendants built the systems of this world, so it is shaped according to his nature and specifications. So you see, this world is not God's workmanship. No wonder the world and mankind are like they are. They're in the world of Satan. We discussed also how the devastation and destruction caused by hurricanes, tornadoes, etc. are not an act of God, as taught by Satan's world, but are the work of the Prince of the Air. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Satan is over the elements experienced by earth. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In the beginning, Satan was assigned the position of covering earth and God's creation. He was to intercede for them, protect them for the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 14 reveals this. You, Satan, or as he is also called, Lucifer, were the anointed cherub who covers. He was anointed and appointed to cover or protect creation. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. God rules from his mountain. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. But he became prideful as he was created handsome, anointed, and was given the power to guard and shelter earth's creation. Caught up in his own importance, he decided to take over and become his God. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17 Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom. His knowledge and thinking is twisted, but Eve chose it. For the sake of your splendor, I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Satan challenged God for supremacy. God accepted the challenge and gave him a certain amount of time to prove himself. How long the time frame is, only the Father knows. But Adam and Eve stepped out of eternity right into it. Now all things are wrapped around time, and Satan has the power to control and run things. Time enough to turn man and all creation into seeing him as God and Father, if they choose. It is, therefore, Satan that for this time controls even the earth's atmospheric conditions. 
We also touched on the abuse of our planet and all on it as the result of choosing the God of this world as our mentor and trusting his twisted knowledge rather than, as in the beginning, seeking God. Satan also craftily blinded man to the laws of God that, if obeyed, could have protected the earth and made it bountifully productive, leaving no one hungry or poor. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We looked into how the mudslides, wildfires, earthquakes, etc., are a fulfillment of the enemy's desire to kill, steal, and destroy. Everything on this earth that doesn't bow to him, so he can make it a home for himself and the evil hosts that follow him. We also spoke of the evil spirits that serve him, creatures he calls his, the offspring of the cross between angels and mankind, as described in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, the angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. We are unfortunately genetically related to these half-breeds. This atrocity has also been spoken of in depth in former blasts with the intent of helping mankind to understand what and who is really behind the scenes of the horrific calamities taking place around the globe today. Because of these evil spirits and their determination to live through man to meet their needs, many people have done evil things with no idea why they did them or have had wicked thoughts fed into their minds they have accepted as their own. These evil spirits do not have bodies that adapt them to function on earth, so they take over the bodies of others in order to live here. Little does man understand, it can be the voice of the enemy speaking, perhaps in the first person, causing people to carry out the spirit's own desires and satisfy their needs, most of which are evil. Unfortunately, the church has taught little on these subjects, leaving many with the idea the sins they have committed are so great God could never forgive them or for sure ever use them for His kingdom. Many have believed the devil's lies and missed their salvation, or even if born again, missed the things God planned for them to do, or perhaps even missed God altogether. I would like to dedicate this blast to these, because the truth is, Jesus came especially for you. Luke chapter 5 verse 32 shows us plainly, Jesus came specifically to save the ones caught up in the enemy's web of sin. 
verse 32, I, Yeshua, or Jesus, have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Since all are the target of the enemy, and all have been coerced to sin, what a wonderful and much-needed gift repentance is. Scripture tells us, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is confirmed. Luke in the above scripture told us Christ came to save the sinners, set them free of Satan's traps, and Matthew tells us the same thing. Both actually walked with Jesus himself and should surely know. Matthew chapter 9 verse 13 But go and learn what this means. I, Jesus, desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God hates this world and all evil, but He is a God of mercy and unconditional love and grace towards His creation. He, in fact, loves the earth He created and graciously gave it to mankind for their home. Psalm chapter 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. See how we have not only been stripped of our righteousness, but have been robbed of our inheritance. Not only has Satan robbed us of earth's resources, but he is slowly ruining earth's surface as well with the waste of his creation's idea of progress. God intends to intervene before the devastation is fully accomplished. His anger and fury will soon lash out at his opposer. He desires the earth and all creation on it to be saved from the wrath that must shortly be loosed on this wicked world. He must intervene before mankind is led by the enemy to self-destruct. He wants to give man back the kingdom Adam gave away. He wants to return eternal life and do away with death. In short, he wants all creation to get a second chance and be totally set free of the knowledge of Satan and the influence he has on them. So you see... We are reconciled to God, not by our good behavior, but because it is His desire for us to be renewed and set free because He loves us. God Himself made a sure way through the blood of the Lamb for our return to the kingdom and for His kingdom to be reestablished, along with the regeneration of earth. All that is demanded of man is repentance truly hating our sin and asking God to forgive us and give us another chance. He has a perfect plan for our restoration. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We should all want to share the good news of the kingdom, informing others that we have another chance. No sin can stand in our way, 
because the restoration and reconciliation is God's desire and His works. He has a plan, and Christ gave His life to guarantee its success. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just, a holy God, for the unjust, mankind before repentance and baptism, that he might bring us to God. Adam disconnected us. Jesus reconnects us as before the fall. Being put to death in the flesh, his body could be killed, but not his spirit. But made alive by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit resurrected him to the defeat of death, hell, and the grave. So, all sin can be forgiven. Every evil thing mankind has ever done was paid for by the blood of Christ. Well, almost all. There is only one sin that God will not pardon or forgive. That unforgivable sin is to speak against the Holy Spirit. Let me warn you, to say the actions of someone who is letting the Holy Spirit function through them is of the devil is blasphemy. In other words, giving credit to the devil for the performances of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 12 verses 31 through 32 Therefore I say to you, Jesus speaking, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. That is, to come against Jesus himself, the human vessel will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Speaking of now, here is an example of the unforgivable sin. Mark chapter 3 verse 22 And the scribes, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the teachers, who came down from Jerusalem said, He, Jesus, has Beelzebub, another name for Satan, and by the ruler of the demons he cast out demons. There will be no forgiveness for these ones as they spoke against the Spirit of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 shows us God's Spirit entered Jesus. No evil spirit has ever possessed Him as they could not enter His holiness. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Mark chapter 3 verses 28 through 30 says it plainly again. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven 
the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter, all sins. Do you see that? But he who blasphemies, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Because they said, He has an unclean spirit. Jesus was the vessel. The Spirit of God was operating through. Understand, these educated men, trained in the things of God and teaching others, were saying the things Jesus did was accomplished through the spirit of the devil. So according to Scripture, they could come against Jesus himself, not liking his character or personality, something about him personally. But it would be death to come against the Spirit of God in him. Remember on the cross, he looked out at those that were crucifying him and said, Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And they were. It is this same wonderful Jesus we turn to when we want forgiven today. The same Jesus who embraces us gladly when we tell him we want to know God. Mark chapter 10 verse 45 tells us, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The penalty for committing sins is death. The Lord's death made him a sacrifice that took our punishment for us and made void our sins. John chapter 10 verse 15 As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. God sees his people as sheep, a flock, he is shepherd over. Satan defected as covering, so God himself guards them, protects them, and forgives their shortcomings. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 Who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. The word says, Cursed is the man who is hung on a tree. So he even took the curses on man for breaking God's law. Word curses spoken by ones in authority over us and all the generational curses because we are of Adam. That we, having died to sins in baptism, might live for righteousness, a whole new chance as resurrected new creatures, by whose stripes you were healed, totally forgiven, so spiritually healed, and in the end, physically as well. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 explains salvation clearly. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. So no matter what we have done, how bad our crime, how much we broke God's law, all is forgiven. 
but that one sin against the Spirit. How can this be? Why would the God of the universe take the time to look at us personally and forgive us individually? To begin with, God remembers we are genetically related to the evil angels that married into Adam's race. He therefore understands where the lust and perversion comes from. He sees where Satan has weakened all creation and is well aware of man's past as he looks on man today. We can't help who we are, but we can choose to be something different. You see, there is a battle going on between God and Satan. According to Isaiah chapter 14, Satan challenged God for supremacy. Adam put all his descendants right in the middle by choosing sides with the enemy. Had they remained loyal to God, the spiritual laws of God would have prevented Satan's intervention in all of our lives. Satan would not have been successful in altering man through crossing him with angels, nor could he have fed man his twisted knowledge to shape and mold their nature into his image. The earth would be hosting a much different society today had they been obedient. Just think, no sin, only good, therefore no decay, sickness, or death. No competition, wars, and fear of annihilation from nuclear attacks. See who it is to blame for all these things plaguing man and threatening our very existence? It is Satan, trying to bring to reality his decree. He will be as God to God's creation, as recorded in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. He is very much at fault, and God is very, very aware of this. Isaiah Chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. With his evil schemes mixed into the knowledge he fed man, they lost contact with God and are therefore weakened. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, the rest of the universe. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation as the world's governments on the farthest sides of the north. He will be over all earth's creation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, be prince of the air. I will be like the Most High. He would be like God. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. This is God's promise. Satan and the rebellious ones that followed him into his battle with God will experience God's wrath and receive the punishment they deserve. But the angels that remained faithful 
are his glorious ones, safe and protected in his kingdom, loved residents of the heavens. As long as this world exists and Adam's race continues, there will be sickness, pain, and death. Adam's race will continue to reflect the nature of Satan, and as long as the world they support is sustained, sickness and death will be prolonged. It is such a blessing that God does not hold our Adamic past against us. It is almost unfathomable that He would sacrifice His Son to pay the price, the death penalty for our sin, and as stated before, make all sin forgivable for those that repent and ask for the gift of salvation. Let us take a closer look at what the Lord did for each and every one of us. First of all, Jesus was born into the Adamic race through Mary and walked as a descendant of Adam for 33 years and never sinned. He had to experience every temptation man has ever experienced, overcome them, defeat them, along with all the other sins we commit which he thankfully succeeded in doing. This is how and why we can repent and be guaranteed forgiveness and salvation. He did it for us. It is already done. He made our walk. There is more. Jesus was then baptized, made a new creature with his spirit resurrected, Again, he made the walk, this time for the Spirit-filled children of God that faltered and again did it to perfection. He overcame every sin for the born-again Spirit-filled children of God. So these also, if sincerely repentant, can ask forgiveness of the Father when they make mistakes and maintain their salvation because He has already defeated our sin for us, thus maintaining our righteousness. Yes, Jesus, the Word of God, gave His life to Satan to pay for the price of our sin. We know the wages of sin is death, so He died for us. Died in our place, and not only us, but all creation. Get it? We don't have to die. Creation doesn't have to die. He did it for us. Every sickness, disease, disorder brought on by our sins was put on Him. And not only did He die, but He resurrected, defeating death as well as God's opposer. He put to shame God's enemy, Satan, both spiritually and physically. He did it all. How can we not love Him? How can man and all creation not appreciate Him? How would we dare think what the Lord did was not good enough to blot out our personal sin? As I said, I am addressing those that think their sins are too great to be forgiven. Read about the horrible things Apostle Paul did. Yet God changed him 
and he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Look at the story of King David. Yet God loved him and promised there would always be someone on his throne in tribute to his devotion to God. And of course, we know Jesus was born through his line. God can take the bad and make them good, the evil and make them righteous, the cruel and make them kind, even change a murderer to lead, guide, and protect his people, such as he did through Moses. In closing, God is on our side. He delays in bringing an end to the world of Satan and all attached to it in order to allow others to come out from under the cobweb of evil he has spun across the earth. He has granted time for man to climb out of the entanglement of sin and wickedness that has been genetically bred into them. Time enough for them to be born again and life restored to their spirit. He has granted time for man to be fed knowledge from the correct tree, the tree of life, and become an eternal creature, a new species, a child of the living God. This is God's intended destiny for every human being, including the greatest of sinners. It is His desire to see His kingdom reestablished, renewed, and functioning in perfect order, harmony, and peace for all His creation. Making Revelation chapter 21 verses 4 and 5 a reality right here on earth. Revelation chapter 21 verses 4 and 5 And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, the wicked, the sick, the burdened ones, all that seek his forgiveness. And let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts, Come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Drink from the fountain of truth. Eternal peace, joy, and well-being is all right here in God's rest for each and every one to enter in that makes the decision to open the gift of repentance, die to the Adamic grace and baptism, and let their resurrected spirit dine on God's end-time knowledge. The final Sabbath is about to begin.